mine, but it's an apartment. And I consider it your home, though. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> My name's not on the deed. There's nothing is mine. But um, you actually lived basically on my floor for like a month i did yeah i um, was kind of in between places yeah because uh our our good old buddy upstairs <laughs> <laughs> right right but um, wasn't ready. yeah so let's let's take the listeners through the evolution of our friendship Ooh, give them that. give them some context so they <laughs> will care a little bit about what we're talking about. Talk about my false idols. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so we we started, let me give you my version of things, mm-hmm. and then you give me your version. Okay. Okay. So I bet my listeners are annoyed. I have all these random spike ball cronies on my podcast, but <laughs> it's become such a big part of my life. A lot of my friends are spike ballers, and that's yeah. how we became friends. But... um. Yeah, I I want to say like two years ago, but maybe three. You were just some guy that I knew of because you played spike ball, right? Um, yeah. But you didn't play a ton, or you weren't very good. Mm-hmm. No. And then you moved to Virginia, where you're from. Mm-hmm. Moved back. I didn't really know. And then you were just back. Mm-hmm. And then. Basically, we just started playing more, and then one day we went to Cubby's to, to get some food. After, I do. I remember that. Yeah, yep. after a pickup. and Big emphasis on the rosemary fries. Yes. Um, <laughs> but, dude, you want to know my beef with Cubby's? Oh, I already know what it is. <laughs> it's that you can't get fed for under $20. <laughs> and it, it, I remember that time specifically. It masquerades as yeah. fast food. It might as well just be like a sit-down restaurant. Yeah. So I'm mad. They just incorporate the tip into the price of the food. I know. I'm really mad. Yeah. But it is it is tasty food. But um, listen, this is how a lot of – I feel like this is how a lot of male friendships start. You, you have these activities. You have mutual friends. And then you're like, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a test. I'm going to invite him to something chill. See if I like – see if I want to hang out with him more. Right. Right, give him a soft invite to to go out to eat, hmm. to join and whatever. And so, basically, I liked you from the get go, from a get go like a year later, no. <laughs> because you were a deep thinker and you asked like deep questions, and the surface, like the surface level chat was just like non-existent, hmm. and I liked that. Um, and then yeah we just I don't even remember when we became like eh kind of friends that like each other but don't hang out to like we're hanging out a lot mm-hmm. that part's a little fuzzy on me too <laughs> I'll be honest I'm not really sure yeah. when it kind of transitioned from more like oh we got some food and then you know had some deep conversations to like where we, we hang out like a couple times a week yeah. yeah I think a lot of it was I think we had some really long impactful chats um about your divorce mm-hmm. um you were like in the thick of it when thick. we started really becoming good friends i think mm-hmm. and, yeah. we, and we became just um yeah we just became buddies that wanted to 
talk to each other <laughs> you know it's it's so interesting hearing your side of the story <laughs> and like uh like i made that comment you know false idols in the beginning of uh, yeah yeah in the story i'm um, a true idol <laughs> true i'm america's idol oh uh, well i mean i, I believe it okay yeah, fair enough. proceed okay uh let's see my version of us kind of becoming friends and becoming something more than acquaintances mm-hmm. I remember playing in a tournament. Because um, real quick, mm-hmm. let's be clear. There are tiers to friendship. 100%. And we discussed this the other day. <laughs> we did. There's like, I don't like you. There's, I can stand you. There's acquaintances. And then there's like, yeah, you're my friend, but we don't really spend time together. Mm-hmm. You're my friend situationally. I'm friendly towards you. Yeah. You're my friend when, when we have mutual friends and we're at a thing. Mm-hmm. And then there's friends that kind of hang out every once in a while, text every once in a while. And then there's like good friends right? that spend a lot of time together. And then there's like best friends. Mm-hmm. And then there's tears within best friends. It can get really nuanced. You can't have enough time to go into that. <laughs> right. But, um, and you know, and we're, we're at a cool, a cool juncture where we're good friends that are also roommates, mm. which kind of adds, um, just an interesting wrinkle to things and a lot of times i think that's how people become best friends right Mm -hmm. they spend crazy amounts of time together and (laughs) and don't hate it yes right (laughs) (laughs) there's some friends that you you think you'd be best friends with and you end up spending multiple days in a row with them yeah once the trial run is over oh man i'd like to return the product Mm -hmm. um just go back to uh you know once every now and then hang out yeah yeah, that's funny. Okay, so proceed. Sorry. Okay, no, no, you're good. Uh, so uh, it was a tournament. It was Cougars Against Cancer. Oh, great. I don't know if you remember that one. Okay. Um, In like 2019? I think so, because 2018 I had gotten married, and then 2019 I decided to like, that's when I really decided to get into spike ball. Okay. Downs a Betty. Uh, I met him at a pickup. Mm-hmm. He'd like played spike ball twice in his life, and I yeah. said, you're my guy. Yeah, yeah. And then we started training a ton. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this was before I moved to Virginia. We do this tournament, and I just remember being like, "Oh, Taylor Church, this is the best spike baller in Utah. No one even compares." Sure. And so I was like, "Damn, we gotta be friends with this guy. <laughs> like, he's gonna make us better, and we're gonna achieve our goals, and then we're yeah. gonna be the best spike ballers in Utah." Okay, tell me this: Did I, <laughs> from afar, when you first met me, were there any like douchey vibes? Any like that I can guy's tell you my exact impression? Of that you. guy's kind of a prick, like. Give it to me um, straight. I can handle it. So when I first like met you, like whenever we played spike ball, you were all about business. Yeah, yeah. Like you were like, I don't mess around. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I like would try and kind of shoot in my little jokes or comments. <laughs> be like, I'm gonna lose this game, so yeah, I want to yeah. try and have fun while I'm doing it and yeah. learn as much as possible. Uh, one thing that always stuck out to me about your personality, though, is that after the game, if we came up to you and asked, like, hey, man, how can we improve our game? Mm-hmm. You took so much time and care and effort into improving our spike ball game. Yeah. Whether that's defense, whether that's finishing, serving, you know, what it was at the time mm-hmm. and where it is now. It's, yeah. it's awesome. Yeah. Even today when we still play, you're like, hey, man, slow down. Let yeah. me serve. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. And I always appreciate it. So moving on from that, 
uh, I was about my business. <laughs> you were very much about your business. <laughs> and I actually had no idea if you were LDS. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I was like, I don't know if this guy's LDS. He's got long hair. I was definitely judging you. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he's got long hair. And he just like... Every once in a while, there's some swears that come out of my I was mouth. Like, I was like, ah, I don't know, man. To and be like, fair, you swear just as much, oh, if not more than me. Okay. And I've, I've been... I've been... <laughs> sorry mom if you're listening don't don't catch me at a tournament right now (laughs) no but i it's funny you mentioned that because i recently uh, have tried to really cut down on my swearing Mm, okay Uh, mainly because of the number of people who have said it's really not my character (laughs) (laughs) i started doing it actually when i got married really yeah it's it's funny like and this is such a silly topic because swearing it's like everyone swears well it's just such a trivial thing and people have such like strong feelings about it in like the Christian world I feel Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. LDS especially but to me it's about intent right right it's about like how you're coming across not Mm -hmm. necessarily the what words you will say and won't say or what Mm -hmm. words come out of your mouth it's more about your intent and like interesting like you said like people are like these these words coming out of your mouth they don't fit you <laughs> very very true yeah and yeah. yeah it's kind of funny i remember the first time i heard some some coarse language from you it's like oh dang i didn't know garrett was about that oh you mean that like when i would yell the f word as loud as i possibly could yeah and, and like yeah. everyone in the field would stop their game and look yeah. at me <laughs> yeah yeah okay so Anyways, this tournament. Yeah. I'll make it quick. Uh, we had this tournament. I remember being so upset that I couldn't make it into the finals against you and Stokes. And uh, it was this guy. Uh, you weren't even close, though, right? No, no, no. We got third. Oh, okay. We got third. Oh, with the... It was such a small tournament. Okay. Um, it was so cold outside. Mm-hmm. It was with Zaya, I think. I wasn't playing with Stokes. I was oh. playing with Solomon. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I still yeah. have the Cougars versus cancer t-shirt i have it won. too i okay. definitely have it it's upstairs so you guys right got third uh yeah we ended up getting okay third, which is okay. why we could take the prize okay proceed okay so that was my first experience of you my impressions of you mm-hmm. then after that uh you know time went on i would never go to pick up and play with you guys mm-hmm. um there's all these little snippets of like when we would have our moment like it was in between like it happened to be like where multiple nets were still playing. You guys happened to finish your game. Down and I were sitting on the side. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, we'll play you to fifteen. Yeah. You know. Hey, we'll we'll play to this. We'll, we'll yeah. get to this. And uh, you taught me such an awesome principle. You were playing with Connor, mm-hmm. and uh, you had said to us, <laughs> you said, "Okay, look, we can play you guys, and you're probably not going to get better, and like it's just going to be a blowout for us, or we can raise the stakes and we can make a bet." And if you hit this amount of points, it was 14 points, mm-hmm. then, or anything, any sorry, anything below 14 points, 14 and below, yeah. you owe us a dollar. Hmm. And if you score 15 points, then there is no money lost from either side. Mm-hmm. And if you score 16 and above, then you guys owed us $3 each. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so it was such, it was such a good principle because it, it taught me high stakes mm-hmm. in spike ball. Yeah. Sorry, I'm going on a side no, tangent. No, no, you're, you're good. <laughs> but it taught me, and we, Down and I, we were digging 
And I think in the first part of the game, you guys were kind of playing a little bit relaxed. Yeah. And then we came out the gate and we went up, I think like six to four. Yeah. And then you look at Connor and you're like, all right, let's, let's play. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm done messing around. Yeah. And then, uh, I was like, oh, he hasn't been messing around this whole time. <laughs> or he's, yeah, he's been, he hasn't been serious. <clears throat> so, you know, we are just fighting tooth and nail into this series or into this one game mm -hmm. and we it's 20 to 14 yeah and we are just we need one more point <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't even remember the point but we made it to 15 and yeah. the guys you know finished the game 21 15 and we were just like <laughs> yeah we're spike ball gods <laughs> the, the cool thing uh because yeah. me and connor did that a lot actually oh really and um and i've done that with other players but the cool thing is like Spike ball is one of those sports where you can definitely like have top guys play lower level people and it will for sure be a blowout, but it's like to beat a team like 21 to zero, like almost never happens because even if they're terrible and they're beginners, like it's rally scoring. So mm -hmm. if you miss a serve, they get a point. Right. You know? Yeah, totally. Um, so the cool thing about doing it that way is like, you're just competing against yourself almost. You're like, we're in no world should we ever beat these guys, mm -hmm. but if we can get 13 points right. instead of we're usually getting nine or 10, that's a win for us. Right. And I think that's a cool principle to remember is like, you're usually just, the, the person you should really be competing against is yourself and comparing yourself against, you know? It's wild because spike ball is such a mental game. Yeah. Yeah. so much of it's a mental game mm -hmm. and you just you can beat yourself up you can make yourself better you can make yourself worse yeah let me ask you this because you're also a big soccer guy right mm -hmm. yeah you played in high school i did um you're on leagues now mm -hmm. a couple of indoor leagues did you ever were you good enough to play college uh no mainly because i had a bad experience in high school with my senior year mm -hmm. ended up not playing oh, okay had a bad coach do you think like Recruiting and stuff aside, do you think you're like good enough to like go play like a D two, D three school? Have you played against collegiate guys? Um, I have, like mm -hmm. in some pickup games yeah. and things like that. And you know, I, I typically will hold my weight. I'm not the type of person to. I'm, I'm like a pretty big guy. Yeah. What position so, do you play? <clears throat> so it depends, like on the team. Mm -hmm. Right now, on my current indoor teams, I play forward. Yeah. And I'm I'm really just like I'm throwing shoulders. I'm throwing elbows. I don't yeah. mind. Like you're I'm kind a different of person. you're kind of a burly guy. Yeah. What are you? You're six three. Yeah. What are you? Two. Ten. Perfect. <laughs> really? Right on the dot. Gosh. Yeah. To be fair, we we work out together. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, for everyone. Okay. Yeah, I just want people who aren't watching the video to to realize you're a thick boy. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. So yeah, my question along the lines of like spike ball and soccer is like, do you ever struggle with having your self-worth tied into like your sport like how well you do you know it's so funny you mentioned that because in soccer mm -hmm. like i come from a family of soccer players yeah all of us played soccer my dad um i'm pretty sure he played in college mm -hmm. uh, none of us none of us kids played in college yeah and i think that was always like something he always wanted but yeah was never well you know because of my mom being a therapist was mm -hmm. like Honey, calm down. Yeah, like, it's okay. They can We're going to talk more about that too. <laughs> As I said, oh, she says hi. By the, hi, okay. by the way, that means the world to me. <laughs> okay. Um, so, in soccer, I didn't. 
Um, and I think having this experience that I did with that one coach, mm-hmm. uh, he was just putting you down constantly. Yeah. And when I was able to kind of separate myself from the sport itself mm-hmm. in high school, like I always thought like, I need to get to the best. I need to be the better one. Mm-hmm. So like I was on, you know, junior or JV and I was there for a number of years. And then when I moved schools, I actually just moved straight up to varsity my junior year. Yeah. And so I was super pumped. Uh, had some game time but it was very much like a, if you made one mistake on the field you were coming off mm, yeah. there was no room for error yeah and i was coming to a school where they had just won the like uh, state championships oh, okay yeah. yeah and so it was high stakes all the time mm-hmm. and he was thinking we're well, gonna win the state champs for the rest of our lives right right i don't even remember his name but i just he was the most crude uh, and just unkind person that i have ever met yeah and uh, I just didn't want any part of that. Uh-huh. So I talked to my parents. I said, hey, I think I'm going to quit soccer. Yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. And <clears throat> so I did. Yeah. I uh, picked up tennis mm-hmm. and I trained for one summer. I was varsity, number one. Uh, it was awesome. Number one singles. Yeah, number yeah. one singles. Um, and I also played number one doubles. Nice. Did you know I played tennis my senior year? No way. Yeah. That was the same thing as me. Yeah. Just my senior year. I like, I love tennis. It's great. I just. Yeah, like our team wasn't very good, and mm-hmm. our coach was like recruiting athletes in our school. And my, Mine's I had like three of my best friends had played <laughs> all three years, wow. and so they just kind of convinced me. And I was like, "What the hell? Like, I'm not doing anything else. Why not? I'll stay in shape, have fun with the boys." But I loved it. It was a great time. I was just bugged because even if you're really good, like. If you start playing when you're 16 or 17, you're gonna get stomped by kids at state that, or Who, country club kids, and yeah, or even 10. Yeah, it's wild. Yeah. Yeah. We should play sometime. I'd love to. <laughs> I don't even have a racket right now. I, I think I have. Oh man, I think it might be at my friend's place, but I have like five or six brackets. Mm. Like, I I, I try to not tell people I played in high school because it really doesn't. It's, it's a misrepresentation of my skill. <laughs> I'm sure if we got on the court today, we would be very different. Yeah, but um, but I, I love the game. I'd like to get better, actually. Yeah, I know. But, um, okay, but, so you didn't, because so of your experience. I was able to separate it. Yeah. That being said, with spike ball, uh-huh. man, it's I harder. had so much of my self-worth yeah. in the moment yeah. to like spike ball. Why do you think that is? Do you think a lot of it is because... Even though spikeball is a team sport, it's just two players and it feels very individual. Yes, and uh, I feel like it's because of the social aspect uh-huh. of it. Like I feel like there's so much like respect, maybe not good respect, associated with whether you're good or not. Mm-hmm. That it's almost like social clout <laughs> in our in our weird little community. Yeah definitely yeah and and it's like if someone thinks they're better than you then they treat you differently mm, yeah as opposed to like i it's interesting like you know kind of becoming closer over the years with you and and you know being able to bridge somewhat of the gap between yeah. our skill levels yeah, yeah. <laughs> um like how much i've seen you take time with so many people who are far beneath your skill level mm-hmm. i'm not trying to just pump you up for everyone yeah, all yeah, listeners yeah. and everything but uh it's it's been awesome I love to see it, and I love how much time and effort you take into training the little guy. Yeah. And it's super, super inspirational. It's like where you, you don't, like, 
formulate an opinion on someone based on their skill level. Right. Yeah. I, I think the trouble comes like the top players, there's so much ego involved because with the top players, there's always going to be players that are really, really close in skill level. But of course, each player thinks they're definitely better than <laughs> the other player. Right. And so when you play each other, there's this, there's this like level of like implicit disrespect <laughs> because you're like, I'm better than you. Well, and you're almost bugged that that person thinks they're on the same level as you, mm-hmm. which is such an ego maniacal like <laughs> approach. But your brain and your your yeah. silly silly man ego can't help it sometimes. It's so wild because it just becomes so challenging because yeah. you think like there's a couple of factors where you can think that you're so much better than you actually are. Yeah. Um, I have a theory, you know, a lot of people don't take into performance mm-hmm. when under pressure as yeah. a, like as a, a skill. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because evaluating my own game, mm-hmm. you know, it's been interesting to see the times that I've been in the finals mm-hmm. for tournaments when I've performed when I haven't. Yeah. And like you had said one time, just like I've been to, I've probably been to like 150 finals, man. Mm-hmm. And he's like, it's, it's the, just another game. Yeah. And to eventually, for me to be able to get to that point, like I have to get to a number of finals, right? Which I think is a skill, another section in spike ball. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. Fun. There was this. I listened to this um, this Kobe Bryant interview, and I love Kobe. Oh, uh, phenomenal! I love Kobe, um, and I feel like his later years, after he retired, he became almost like Zen-like. Like while he was playing, he was so unidimensional focused on killing people but afterwards he became kind of philosophical and was breaking down the game a lot and he said this thing i really liked he like some interviewer was asking him like how do you not like feel this immense pressure when you're like shooting a free throw and like if you make it you win if you miss it you lose type situation in front of thousands of people and blah 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 and he's like well i just realized the stakes meaning if I miss the free throw, it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It doesn't change my life at all. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to win the game. Of course, that means a lot to me. But it's not a real-life, high-stakes issue. Like, no one has a gun to your head? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. the, <laughs> the like, of course I make it. The highs are high. We win. Everyone loves me. Everyone praises me. Mm-hmm. But if I miss it, my family still loves me. Everybody still pats me on the back. I just, I tried to make it, <laughs> you know? And I, 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 I don't know. I, I think sometimes like in sports, like fourth quarter, the end of a spike ball match or whatever, sometimes you start getting in your head and you start thinking, what happens if I lose, <laughs> right? Because I, I should the win. The shame that I feel. Yeah, it's so stupid. Oh, and it's, it's like, <clears throat> um, it's like, are, are my friends going to like me any less? Mm-hmm. You know, is my family going to be really disappointed? Am I still going to have a job? <laughs> yeah. Um, but in in the moment, I think if you can take that pressure off yourself and say like, of course, I want to do everything I can to win, but if it doesn't work out, that's fine. Mm. If you can kind of get to that mindset, I think it can help a lot. Yeah. No, it just changes everything. Yeah. I mean, easier said than done. It is so much easier said than done. It's like yeah. what I want to do. Yeah. 
Um, so, backtrack. <laughs> Back to our navigation of our relationship, my yeah. version of it. <clears throat> that happens. I had an awesome experience with you training me mm-hmm. in that uh, that tournament. We didn't make it. I was so upset we didn't get to the finals. And then Dallin and I started practicing every day. Yeah. Every morning we practiced for an hour and a half. We got up early. It was in the summertime. Mm-hmm. We had work. That was it. Yeah. And I would continue to have these tiny little experiences with you where we would get some coaching mm-hmm. or we would make a, a little bit of a joke and then I'd text my wife and I'd be like, oh my gosh, Taylor loves my joke. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's so good. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it was just interesting, like more and more and more, I think you, you drove me home one night mm-hmm. uh, from Rock Canyon. Yeah. And that's where I started to open up just like about my marriage and like how things have been going and it's yeah. been tough and we were struggling and things like that. Just... And dude, for me, the second somebody does that, something clicks for me and says, okay, this person feels safe and comfortable talking to me, mm-hmm. and that, that means a lot to me. Mm-hmm. And so I'm going to respond positively. Yeah. And it's, it's yeah. I just remember just sitting in the car and we were driving along, and that's when you, that's when you invited me to Cubbies. Mm-hmm. Is I, I started talking about it and you're like, hey, like, I feel like we're not done with this conversation. Yeah. Do you want to like come with me and Spencer and uh, I'm trying to remember who else was at the Cubbies? I think it was just us, but then I think Johnny came. Johnny came. Yeah, Spencer's yeah. little brother. Yeah. And that's when Spencer was still a little bit more into spike ball then. Yeah. And you know, I've grown. Y'all are all talking about the top players and this that. Yeah, I had yeah. no idea what we were talking about. I'm like, <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and. uh you know, and then of course our conversation about the prices at <laughs> yeah. the restaurant. So, um, from there we had our California trip, and uh, that's where we discovered our enjoyment of music. Right, right. And I just remember you showing me song after song after song, and being like, "Hey, man, this will rip your heart out." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you jerk!" Yeah, because I, I love think, it. I think at the time you were. <clears throat> recently separated yeah and so we're just going through it yeah because when was the california tournament i don't remember <sighs> i um, want to say it was in a winter time ish i don't remember yeah anyways because it was the last time to go and get premiere or one of the last times yeah and then it was in i can't remember but uh, i think this is in 2020 mm-hmm. right 2020 2021 2021 2021 yeah it was when i had come back from virginia yeah okay yeah so we all went on a road trip me you bryce and pack mm-hmm. and uh had a blast i love the you know stop off take pictures at the water park <laughs> yeah yeah which is a great time you have these random facts about these random places <laughs> i was like gosh man so people have to understand if they're gonna engage in a road trip with me i have accepted it they're gonna have some mm-hmm some uh, some different adventures i know we're going to places when we go to arizona <laughs> right exactly it's gonna happen yeah <laughs> so uh i guess to kind of cut to the chase really it's uh after that is when we started picking up like lunch mm-hmm. every like every other week yeah and then we started to hang out more i started to be more open about my marriage yeah. and just kind of talk to you and, you know, pour my heart out. Yeah. And then, you know, in return, you'd open up to me about your relationships and yeah. how things were going in your life. And it just kind of developed into this, uh, where we had this witty banter mm-hmm. and it just felt like really close and we weren't just, you know, just 
more like friends on the service level we became friends on the deeper level yeah so yeah. and then i eventually moved in here yeah <laughs> yeah moved into a college dorm which is the worst decision of my life right and uh i was just so grateful when you're like hey uh our roommate is moving out yeah it's funny that's exactly how <laughs> i moved in here like i was at a place that was month to month didn't love my situation and my buddy matt who i'm really close with was just like hey the guy in the basement's moving out you want to move in and i was like yes when is he moving <laughs> out ready. and he's like oh in a few days i was like that's i oh, will be there in a oh, few days ready. yeah so that's awesome yeah so yeah, you know the rest is history. We uh, we probably get lunch at least once a week. Well, you have to eat. <laughs> I mean, a man's got to eat. Yeah. Um, we absolutely. Well, just have to tell for everyone out there. Not that this is sponsored in any way, <laughs> shape, or form. It but, should be. Uh, I mean, if we get if they get wind of this, we've eaten there enough times to where I I still haven't gotten sick of it. <laughs> I could eat there twice a week. We go to this pizza place in Orm, Utah. It's called. Lucy's New York Pizzeria. Mm -hmm. And it's just the best pizza in Utah, I think. I I think. I think as well. Listen. <laughs> listen, you can make the argument for other spots for different reasons. Maybe different kinds of yeah, pizza. If you like a thicker pie, if you like more of an artisan pizza. Mm. Um But I like I like a thin New York style pie perfectly crisp underneath mm -hmm. the right amount of cheese big old fat pepperonis right and it's just to die for right I eat everything there's not a piece of the pizza that i waste that's true i eat it all every time <laughs> yeah it's really beautiful um and we go there all the time and we're regulars and sometimes we get discounts yeah. and sometimes they're closed for no reason but they're still back there doing something <laughs> i remember I remember one day it was like kind of closed. I poked my head in and it was before you had gotten there. Yeah. I was like, you guys open? He's like, mm. yeah, that's fine. <laughs> Come on in. He like recognized me and he's like, I'm going to buy, I guess. He's like, fine. We, we weren't really hoping for customers today. Yeah. but And you know, this guy knows his pies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. he is just everything that you could imagine as this pizza cook. Just incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Here's the thing. You want whoever's making your pizza. First of all, you you don't want some skinny, scrawny little guy making your pie. Mm -mm. You want a nice, portly, thick guy with some who's seen some stuff. Well, it shows that he appreciates his craft, right? And you want yeah. you want flour all over his big belly, <laughs> if all possible. Over. Every time we come in, <laughs> it's so great. I don't want a small belly involved in making my pie. No, no. and that's personal, but. That's what I believe. I in. mean, it makes sense. Yeah, I love my favorite. One of my favorite parts is walking into the store mm -hmm. and the cashier person recognizing me and being like, "Full <laughs> pepperoni, two drinks." Yeah, and I'm like, you know what? Yeah, it is kind of fun being a regular somewhere. <laughs> I've never been a regular anywhere. <laughs> like this is the first time for me, and yeah. it is awesome. Yeah, I love it. Um, I wanted to ask you. So I met your mom the other day. I met, you, I met your I met your whole family. Well. I met your parents and I've known your sister, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I met your parents for the first time and I just fell in love with your mom. I know. Right? And it's I knew not, you would. I know. And it's not romantic. No. no. <laughs> although she's a lovely lady. She is. But your mom is a therapist mm -hmm. and 
you you've mentioned that before so I knew that but we started chatting and she asked me about like my dating life and and some things and I just was like okay the rest of the evening is for me and you to chat there was probably maybe like seven of us there yeah maybe eight of us and i i just start talking with some friends and my little sister and i just look over there and your hands are are clasped and you guys are having such this intimate moment and i just i look at olivia and i go i knew this would happen <laughs> i knew this is exactly what oh my needed. gosh and oh. yeah it was funny it was like i didn't want to i i feel like a bunch of people probably when you're a therapist or um a psychologist i'm sure people are always like hey you know listen to my problems mm-hmm. sort of thing can you fix them <laughs> yeah but i just wanted some just her thoughts on things mm-hmm. right because i just had some some things with my personal life i was like i would love some just a little bit of clarity and want to hear how a really intelligent person breaks this down mm-hmm. and so we just started talking about some things and I just couldn't believe how illuminating <laughs> everything that left her mouth was. And uh, I don't consider myself an idiot, but I found myself thinking, well, geez, I've never thought of that. And then she'd say something else profound, and I well, never thought of that, not once. And, yeah. and it was honestly such a meaningful conversation. Hmm. And I was kind of bummed because I was like, I was literally thinking, Okay, this woman is my new therapist, but <laughs> <laughs> she she lives in Virginia and can't practice in Utah and Correct. and blah blah blah. Because mm-hmm. um, I was down, mm-hmm. I was ready to to send to take my money. Yeah, I was ready to give her a deposit, whatever <laughs> <laughs> my first and last month's rent, <laughs> whatever she needed. That's and, so funny. And so I'll pay for her to get licensed in Utah, whatever it takes. I mean. <laughs> I'll mention it to her. <laughs> it's funny because we have this running joke in our mm-hmm. family that she we we nicknamed her. She's the goddess, the goddess of knowledge and wisdom. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's just her title. Yeah. And she will. She's always so humble about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. No. No. Yeah. Nah. But and she is. No, she is. Yeah. So it's just impossible. Not so tell me what it's like. Was she a therapist like your whole life, or uh, did she get into it kind of later? So she went to school. And so my younger years mm-hmm. and she mentioned if she could do it over again, she would have just immediately gone to graduate school, mm. but definitely was not the thing of the time. Yeah. Women were more so like pushed into like be a stay at home mom. Right. And you know, be this and be this. And, and she home. told me just for clarity, and I, I think I might've known this, but I forgot, I guess if you have a master's, you're technically a therapist. Uh-huh. And if you get your PhD, you're a psychologist. Yes. Like I, I'm pretty sure that's how that works. And then like you can kind of prescribe medication. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, so she is, there's varying levels and yeah. I could be completely wrong on right. this. That sounds right though. Like yeah. she's just as qualified, but she's not a doctor Mm-mm. per no. se. Okay. And she could totally get her doctorate. It would just be time and money. Sure. And she'd learn more things. She's constantly learning. Yeah. Uh, part of being a therapist is mm. you have to have continued edu- education throughout mm. the rest of your life. That's awesome. Yeah, it's awesome. So she takes a couple of classes every couple of years mm. and like goes to seminars. And Gosh, maybe like, I should be a therapist. <laughs> <laughs> I maybe. really like the sound of this. Right. And so it's just this continuing education thing. And mm. she just all the time she's like hey i was reading this book mm-hmm. and i just i can't tell you times she said that to me i was reading yeah. this book and just then proceeds to just yeah. give me this information from this book and then add her little 
you know, dash of pizzazz on it. Mm -hmm. and it <coughs> so yeah, my, my question is, what is it like as a teenager to have a mom that's a therapist? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is a fun question. I can tell you of two experiences that kind of changed me throughout my life. Mm -hmm. The first one being, uh, I would often come home, have a fight with my siblings yeah. and be in this state of just anger. I'm so frustrated. Is she frustrated. an amazing like conflict resolution person? Yeah. Yeah. So it was interesting. Okay, I'm gonna skip. I'm gonna skip to answer that then. Oh, okay, sorry. Um, you can circle I, back. <laughs> no, I'll circle back to the to the two things. But uh, when my wife and I had first gotten married, mm -hmm. um, or sorry, I should say my ex-wife. <laughs> right, right. Oh, that's yeah. weird to say. <laughs> uh, so my my ex-wife and I had just gotten married, and we had spent our honeymoon on a cruise. It was super fun. We stayed at my parents' place after and toured DC, mm -hmm. just because she was a big into like art and history, and she loved it, and so the monuments and things like that. So we did that, <clears throat> and one night my dad and my sister, because we were newlyweds, yeah, uh, we had just been down in the basement in this room, and like you know we weren't coming out for anything. Yeah, you were just you were locked. We were bunnies. Sure. <laughs> And so my dad and my sister just start just banging on the ground because mm -hmm. we're in the basement and they're just jumping yeah. and like slamming their feet everywhere. Yeah. And I freak out <laughs> yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, my dad's having a seizure upstairs. Right, right. So I come running up the stairs and everyone's just sitting there normal. And no I was one's like, seizing. what's going on? Like, what was that banging? Are you Okay. And he's like, no, everything's, they're laughing at me. And I'm like getting so mad. And I'm like, oh, they're like, well, you're just in your, your hermit hole, you know, down there. And I'm like, well, what do you expect? We just got married. Yeah. No, this, that, and the other. And so I was getting really upset about my, my little sister because my dad had kind of apologized. And yeah. like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. And my sister was like, I'm sorry that you feel that way. <laughs> and I'm like, well, screw you. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> And so we, I love that apology. Oh yeah, I'm sorry. You feel like an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, well. Um. So we sat down. We had two couches kind of facing each other in our living room. We sat down. My mom was there, and my wife was there, mm -hmm. and or my ex-wife. Gosh, you're speaking in past tense. So you can say your wife. Okay, thank yeah. you. Yeah, <laughs> I'll just say that then. Um, and <laughs> we just start sharing our feelings mm -hmm. and just. Just saying, like, hey, when you did this, I felt this way. Yeah. Being sure not to say, hey, when you did this, you made me feel this way. Right, right. But letting the other person know that when you did this, I felt this way. Yeah. It's important to note that no one makes you feel something. Makes way. you feel something. Right. But everybody talks like that. Everyone. Right. No matter what. It is integrated into our conversation so often. Mm -hmm. And people don't realize the effect that it has on them subconsciously. Yeah. Because you give someone power over right. you. Right. Right. It's like if you said, Garrett, you're an idiot. And I was like, oh, you made me feel like an idiot. Yeah. That means that you have power over my life to mm -hmm. make me feel like an idiot. Which I do. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, we have this conversation and Tiffany is slowly sinking into the couch and be yeah. like, oh my gosh, conflict resolution? Like, yeah. this is crazy. Mm -hmm. And uh, <clears throat> it was so it was so helpful because we could share what we were feeling and then come to a resolution and, you know, we made up and it was, we didn't leave upset at each other there's no resentments mm -mm. yeah no and it took maybe 15 minutes yeah. 10 minutes but you guys were used to that practice so it wasn't crazy uncomfortable uh -uh. no no we knew it needed to and be done i think the problem was most people 
they don't have those reps doing that. So when something arises, even if they're like, well, it'd be nice to talk this out, they're not used to doing it. No, no, so there's no. so much emotion involved and they just end up saying, they just end up making it worse. Yeah. And so because they know that will probably happen, they're just like, let's not talk about it. Yeah. No, you know, let's not bring it up. Yeah. And so, you know, we had this and uh, it was just, that's like how our day to day was. Mm-hmm. So the, back to those two things. Uh, I used to be so upset at my siblings, whatever, you know, they could be annoying. Yeah. Versus, and I would, I would run through the house and just say, I hate this family. <laughs> I'd just be so full of so, anger and hate and disgust. Oh my and gosh. Stuff. What, like, who were you, what bands were you listening to? Nah, time? Nah, don't, don't worry about it. So <laughs> angsty. Some 41, Blink-182. Oh, that explains All it. that. Yeah. Okay. And so I remember my mom years later, uh, you know, kind of helping me understand that I, because it's like not every parent can do this, mm-hmm. like help you make sense of why you used to say something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on my mission, she would she would say, like I, I figured out finally why you used to say you hate this family. Mm. It wasn't that you hated our family, like you loved our family, and I knew that. So it always was confusing when you said that. Mm-hmm. What you were saying is that you hate feeling conflict. Yeah without resolution right and it made so much sense it clicked it was a light bulb you know in this darkness of just having so much anger yeah towards the situation and so that fueled the rest of my life you know in relationships and other things in my life of where i just it was so so relieving Mm -hmm. you know when i first got married it was so much more learning to validate not necessarily agree Mm -hmm. but learning to validate someone's feelings and then being able to share your take on things which is so hard when you like and i'm not talking about your ex-wife or anyone specifically but it's so Mm -hmm. hard when someone shares their feelings and you're in your head you're like those feelings are wrong (laughs) (laughs) you know it becomes very difficult but it like you you have to accept like like the fact that you could be wrong sure doing that allows for a lot of healing to happen Mm -hmm. and a lot of love yeah so for instance uh gosh i feel warm (laughs) it's good could just be this candle but (laughs) go on it's good oh you know doing that can cause two people to grow so close together because you know you could say say we're in a relationship and and you could say hey you never do the dishes Mm -hmm. and then and then i say to you okay, let me just make sure I got this right. You're just saying you feel like I never do the dishes. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, yeah, it's like super upsetting. And I'm like, okay, I just want to clarify. Is it that I never do them? Or like I do them sometimes, you just feel like you're doing it all the time. Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, you know, I I think I do feel more that way. And, you know, it almost allows you an opportunity to kind of come down Mm -hmm. from being up here in this like anger state. Yeah. Really, like there's no reason for anyone really to be angry at anyone. Yeah. Anger is such a secondary emotion. It just doesn't, it doesn't really, it's counterproductive. Like Mm -hmm. so often it is just a knee jerk reaction and Mm -hmm. you can't help it. But I'm really having a tough time thinking like, when is it productive? When is it a productive time? Because sometimes it's even appropriate. (laughs) Like, you know, somebody breaks into your home, (laughs) abuses somebody you love, like you're going to be angry. You're going to feel that. But, yeah. again, does that anger produce something good? 
I think it I think it has more to do with like recognizing that it is a secondary emotion. What it's do you a, what do you mean by that? So there's there's basic emotions mm-hmm. like um, being sad. Mm-hmm. That's like a first emotion. I wish I had more information on this, but like a primary I'm, emotion. It's like a primary emotion. Um, anger. I wish I had more information. But you get your mom on the horn. Honestly, she would be great on yeah. it. She'd love to do it. Uh, it's it's more so like you can be sad mm-hmm. and from being sad about something you can have anger right okay oh gotcha so it's like you have it's this the byproduct right you have this initial emotion uh-huh. that causes a secondary emotion correct and you may not like in the moment it happens mm-hmm. be like oh i'm sad well, now i'm, sad, I'm angry, now I'm angry. <laughs> yeah, right yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's recognizing, like, for instance, if your friend uh, starts to do cocaine mm-hmm. and you are like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Like, you're upset at them. You're angry. You're aggravated. Like, you know what it's going to do to ruin their life. Yeah. More so, you're actually you're actually sad for them yeah. because of what's, what's going to happen yeah, in their yeah. life. You're sad that it's going to cause them to lose relationships with their family. Mm-hmm. You're sad what it's going to do to their body, their skin, yeah. their teeth. Yeah. all these things and so recognizing like the the whole idea of, of anger especially is to come down from it mm-hmm. it's okay to feel anger sometimes yeah but it has to do with how you express it so and like how a, long it lasts mm-hmm. yeah yeah because like really it can fuel into other things like feeling regret or feeling uh, I forget the word it's not embarrassment but it's uh I can't remember, but it's has something to do with oh shame, mm-hmm. uh, feeling shame, yeah, and feeling those feelings for too long leads to more permanent, more lasting effects. Yeah, right, depression, anxiety, other yeah. things like that. And some people are born with depression and anxiety. Some yeah. people develop it through uh-huh. experiences, and <clears throat> it can be used for a good thing, mm-hmm. like. Uh, feeling shame or sadness or you know a number of other things makes you change behavior right and and cause you to go towards good change yeah Yeah. good Uh, but it can also done for too long cause you to go in in a bad direction yeah yeah i think a lot of people in like the religious world struggle with that balance of like how long should i feel shame right like i do something contrary to my belief system uh-huh. whether they be commandments or morals or whatever, and you feel bad. Right. But if it lingers, it becomes shame. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's okay for a brief period. Right. I, I don't know maybe exactly do to, how long. to push you into the, like, you know what, I'm going to get over this. Yeah. Um, like in the in the scriptures, they talk about godly sorrow, right, when you're, when you're repenting. But um, I don't think it says anywhere in any holy... Canon, um, after you do this, you should feel a certain amount of shame. <laughs> <laughs> this level of shame. Right. And, yeah. um, but I think a lot of times people like that, that like, um, are critiquing religion. They, they act like the religion itself, like forces shame upon people. And they talk about like a shame culture. Mm-hmm. But I think, more than anything it's self-imposed hmm. like of course there's some things culturally that probably add to it but i think like that's kind of on you to hmm. like get over it and move on 
It has, uh, you're right, it is a lot on you. And the other part of it is, is recognizing that people don't necessarily have the tools to do that. Like they didn't rate, weren't raised in a home where, mm-hmm. uh, girl and our differences in how we communicate and how we emote and how we feel love and she was basically like yeah you like she doesn't have these tools she wasn't raised this way Mm -hmm. this didn't happen in her home and she doesn't even know this person but it's just pretty obvious yeah you know and um i I think it's hard to not (laughs) go through life just assuming everyone had a pretty similar experience as you (laughs) but that's just not rational thinking (laughs) as much as you wish it yeah you're just like well uh, like you should know this this is common knowledge but it's like dude you don't know how they were raised what do you mean you don't know how to validate my feelings yeah it's the easiest thing in the world just (laughs) Just repeat back without sounding like a robot what i'm saying to let me know that you heard me gosh Gosh, darn it tell me i'm pretty i know right it's not hard um okay riddle me this what is what does your mom say to you like when you're really just going through it and you're like mom i don't need advice but i'm just in a lot of pain like i am depressed i'm sad like obviously i know why i'm depressed and sad i know things will get better blah blah, mm. blah. i know all the cliches but what do you got for me like how do i you know that's a tough question because, you know, I really did go through that in the past, like, couple years yeah. of trying to figure out, you know, going through divorce and, you know, figuring out my relationship that way and kind of rediscovering what love is mm-hmm. and who I am and things like that. And yeah. So there's multiple nights where I, you know, get on the phone, bearing my heart out, crying and just saying, like, hey, I need to talk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there was times where she's very, first off, to answer your question, she's very good at asking. Mm-hmm. She said, do you need advice or do you need me to listen? Yeah. That's and cool. so she's very, very good at asking that because she has uh, much like myself. That's so simple, by the way. It's so like, simple. I think a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know if I should give advice or just listen. Well, maybe ask. Yeah. <laughs> That's like one of the greatest questions you can ask. Holy like, cow. It might start off that way of just saying like, you know, I just want you to listen. Yeah. And then they may ask you a question, mm-hmm. which then prompts you giving advice. Yeah. Which is totally fine. Sure. You know, I'm dating someone right now where uh, pretty early on in our relationship, you know, she's experiencing uh, just like different situations with her friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, for my previous, for my marriage, for my previous marriage, I, you know, so often what she wanted was for me to just listen, mm-hmm. to only validate and to never give advice. Yeah. And I like accepted that. That's yeah. fine. I don't need to give anyone advice. Yeah. And so it was interesting in the current relationship I'm in. Uh, her name's Cami. <laughs> she like brought to me at some point. I was I was just validating the crap out of her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, she was like, oh, and like this and this. And I'm like, oh man, that's so hard. Like, and you you're feeling this way, and like, oh man, that's gotta be so difficult. And yeah. like, you know, this is kind of making you feel this way, man. I'm I'm so sorry. Like, mm-hmm. that's gotta be such a struggle. Yeah. 
And then she like stops me and she's like, I need you to talk to me about what I'm talking about. <laughs> That's like, such a great response. <laughs> like, okay. You know, and, and uh, she's it was, like, give me advice she's, now. Give me advice, dang it. Like, I'm ready. Yeah. Give me the meat. Mm-hmm. And so it was really cool because, like, I. I, I didn't have that opportunity as much mm-hmm. um, and it's, it's really cool to just kind of be in this situation where I can where she's like seeking my advice yeah um, so back to you know one just ask the question yeah, yeah. super super helpful uh-huh. just just straight up do you want me to listen or do you want advice yeah and like in both scenarios you have to listen sure, <laughs> sure. whether you're listening to listen or listening to then give advice yeah. listening is the first thing right uh, and people struggle with active listening mm-hmm. active listening is more so uh if you were telling me a frustration of yours <clears throat> it would be me not intentionally trying to just do this to make you feel like i'm listening but me being genuinely invested in what you're saying mm-hmm. being present mm-hmm. yeah so if you're saying like you know we'll make up a name sarah mm-hmm. uh, let's say you're dating a girl named sarah and you know you're like oh man like you know, it's super frustrating right now because like every time I you know go to play spike ball she just gets so upset and it's yeah. just like super aggravating and yeah. I'm like dude that would that would be really aggravating yeah every time you play she like gets upset and you're like yeah you know it gives you an opportunity to be like yeah like you hear what I'm saying yeah yeah, yeah every time I'm getting up like she she getting upset every time I play mm-hmm. and so that's more of active listening as opposed to this way it sounds more like a robot if you say what you said and I'm like oh so every time you let me just get this right every time you play spike ball sarah gets upset at you i'm like yes <laughs> i hey, just I said literally that. said that word for word yeah what are you doing right and you're like you're you're weird yeah um so it's, it's more of like a being intentional okay yeah yeah active listening is is the best way to go with it so when my mom would ask me that question she would active listen give little insights and little inputs to to where she felt like I needed it but more so when I said to her I was like I just need to vent Mm -hmm. and I'd vent and I'd say this and this and then eventually once I came down from that secondary emotion yeah down to where I was really feeling was like I was sad Mm -hmm. it opened me up to so much of being like what advice do you have for me right right and you know she she'd be able to give me you know on a number of different qu- it's it's hard to like put a finger on you know what little snippet or piece of advice or this kind of scenario and this mm-hmm. and the other it's it's just she would listen to the scenario um i call it therapizing <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> therapize me um and then it almost like invite me to think differently mm-hmm. and it's so interesting because she she sees the best in people yeah but she also is so good at validating your feelings. Right. Because, like, you know, there's usually that one person in the group where you come in and you're like, guys, I can't believe so-and-so did this. Yeah. You know, and like, they're just the biggest idiot. And then there's that one person in the group that goes, well, like, well, what if they meant it this way? Yeah. And you're like, I don't want to hear from you. Yeah. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And so she does it in a way that's just not that. It, it, it's when you come to her mm-hmm. looking for that. Yeah. Yeah, I think a lot of times when... When your emotions are high, whether it's you're hyper excited or you're depressed or angry, you're fixated on something, right? And you can't see the trees through the forest, Mm -hmm. you know? And so it's probably like you said, your mom invites you to think in a different way or probably consider other elements. Right. Um, 
Because, yeah, it's so hard when you're like, say you're depressed about a breakup. You're just like, I'm sad. I'll never find love again. I'm going to die. Yeah. Yeah. And <laughs> you, you want someone to sympathize with you right. for that. And, yeah. But, yeah, to open up your mind and be like, maybe this is a good thing, you know? Or maybe, like, it's good for you to feel this because now you know how much you cared about them. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, just opening up your mind to other realities besides just, like, I want to die, I want to die, I want to die. <laughs> right? I think it's also important to note, like, my mom is definitely not perfect at this. Sure. She's one of the first people to apologize. Yeah. And she's so good at recognizing when she oversteps. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what a lot of people lack is they – will offer advice mm-hmm. and the person will go I don't want advice you're upsetting me yeah and then the other person who gave advice will never respond or well, maybe responds back with anger or they're just like well dude I gave you nothing but gold uh, yeah so you're welcome you everything <laughs> yeah and so she's so good at being like hey you know what I realized like that's not what you needed mm. and I am so sorry for doing that yeah I'd love to just I'd love to talk about it more and I'd love to listen yeah and it's so it's so relaxing and relieving because even just that simple approach then opens me up to advice. Yeah, and like I I, I crave that. Yeah, and really she's the one I really go for advice because mm-hmm. I can trust it's kind of her profession. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> As it's, opposed to like a lot of my friends who just don't understand my situation. Right, and and it's interesting because most people are pretty ready to give advice because <laughs> most people walk through life assuming they're right about just about everything. Um, as we are but like for me like obviously yeah if you have if you know somebody that's a therapist probably a great resource but for me I try to be like okay like with relationships I love hearing people's different takes and viewpoints on things but I'm ultimately not going to take relationship advice from someone unless I sort of envy their relationship yeah or not, not even envy but I'm like that's a relationship I'd like to have that's my goal Right. But when I get advice, especially unsolicited advice from like married people that I'm like, I wouldn't want to be married to either one of you and your relationship is a disaster. So like that doesn't mean that that doesn't mean that they don't know anything about relationships. They're probably doing some things right. Right. But I'm like, no, the people I want advice from are the people that I'm like, oh, those are my relationship idols, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's the same thing with like, with like sports, like I'm not gonna ask for advice from somebody that's not even like as good as me. I'm gonna go for somebody that's better than me. Right. For somebody's game that I'm like, oh, I'd like to emulate my game after them. Right. You know. No, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it's interesting how that kind of works because, like, just again the joke that we have in our family, the goddess of wisdom and knowledge. <laughs> it's just so hard to like want to go to anyone else. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like all I could I could show you my call log. I've I've called her every day probably for the past like five years. That means the world to me. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know, and I, I, I just like I just it's just you know, it, it's gonna suck the day that she moves on from this world. Yeah. Not that she's anywhere near that. She's yeah. fit as a fiddle. Sure. And she runs and bikes every day. Yeah. Um But the cool thing is, like even just talking from you talking from you, talking mm-hmm. to you, it's like She's left. She's left so much with you. Oh, you know that so much. Even when she's gone, of course it would be devastating. But she'll just 
always be here because she's left so much knowledge with you. Oh, it's it's so funny because it's like I feel that and mm-hmm. I feel this need to absorb it. Mm, I'm yeah. like I have to get as much as I can before that happens. Yeah, like and I want to be able to like. Like, cause I so badly want to be able to have my kids talk to her mm, yeah. that I'm just like, well, that's not always going to be a possibility, nor will they maybe not have that relationship with her. Yeah. You know, I've dated people, which is a big red flag mm-hmm. <laughs> who, you know, haven't gotten along great with my mom. And I'm like, <laughs> see ya. <laughs> How could you not? How could you not? Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, it, I just want people, whether it's my family, friends, relationships, you name it. I wish everyone could meet her. Yeah. <laughs> and I wish everyone could just get this fountain of knowledge, love, kindness. Really, to sum it up, and like I've said this to her before, I, I, I just feel so much care, like the Savior's care. Yeah. Wow. Like that he takes with individually listening, you know, that moment where she's yeah. she's here with you and yeah. in your world right. and, and has, you know, there's you know people around you and it's like i don't care about any of that yeah. I'm, I'm here for you and yeah. it's just i've felt that so much my whole life yeah and it's been so um inspiring right and so like so motivating for me to be able to get there right and so i i really try and put a focus on that in one main area of my life which is relationships mm-hmm. uh to to take care and making sure i don't argue making sure i don't fight making sure that i do take necessary steps to like Bring myself down from anger mm-hmm. over to my first like first emotion yeah and then being able to resolve it that way yeah that's awesome so what if you had if you had to pick like one goal of like to increase your like emotional intelligence what what would that goal be like something you want to work on or improve on let's see increase my emotional intelligence from one goal something that I might, might have talked to my mom about is that kind of what you're maybe but but just yeah something like you know she's instilled all this wisdom on you yeah. but there's probably some things that you're like yeah I know she always says this but I still need to freaking work on that or mm-hmm. like this is just so hard for me but I know it's right or whatever right I'd say two things um, no I'm gonna stick with one uh, the the one being I I so badly want to to have this relationship where we're a team mm-hmm. uh, I mean that's with my significant other yeah you know in that aspect where where we get to the point where we just we love each other we care and care is the first choice mm-hmm and I say choice because so often we let emotions choose us mm-hmm. as opposed to recognizing that we choose the emotions. Yeah. And so I don't know if I just feel inadequate at all times, but my one of the things that I've always wanted to improve on is continued communication between those that I love. Yeah. Being able to almost perfect to the point where I someone me validating someone they don't even recognize that i'm validating them but that their emotions and their tensions around the subject kind of alleviate Mm. and where do you feel like you fall short there uh just being consistent consistency i feel like there's times where i'm not listening or i'm on your uh, phone i'm on my phone (laughs) as you know (laughs) pouring your heart out to me and i'm over here playing candy crush (laughs) um or you know there's there's other aspects such as like 
allowing myself to 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 feel anger and stay in anger Mm -hmm. or you know recognizing that i you know i'm not truly listening to someone yeah those are the areas i feel inadequate in not saying that i am not good at them or that i don't do them or things like that but that i i want to continuously improve on yeah 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 that's a really good one i feel like i feel like sometimes i struggle with I feel like I'm good at listening. I'm really good at listening, but if I want to, if I'm in the mode, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I'd love to it's just... It's so interesting to recognize when you're not in the mood. <laughs> I know. And and I'd love to just, I'd love to be that person that anyone can talk to at any time. <laughs> and I feel like I'm decent at it, but I know there are times where I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like <laughs> someone's telling me their problems and yeah. I'm just like, Dude, I'm trying to finish Breaking Bad. <laughs> you know, I'm in the like, thick of it right now. Let's wrap this Walter's up. Walter's in his whitey tighties and he's <laughs> running from the cops. <laughs> exactly. And yeah, it's my second time watching it, but mm. I it's been years. Right. But um, yeah, that's uh, and I think that comes back to just being present, right? Having that be your focus, being present and being mindful, like your mom is such a good example like we're talking and it was like it was like she just like blurred the background of, was, of everywhere i know exactly <laughs> i saw that happening right? and she just i was in the blurred background right she just channeled in on your guy mm-hmm. and the rest of the world didn't matter and of course that generation they're usually better at not looking at their phone all the time mm-hmm. um but they don't have mutual matches popping up. They don't, they don't have DMs flying in. They don't know what I'm dealing with over here. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, I mean, none of the mutual matches want to hang out. Mm-hmm, but that's true. <laughs> <laughs> that's but um, yeah, I just, I really admired that. Even though, like, we talked for like an hour maybe. But I could just tell so quickly, wow, she's present. Mm. And, and you can feel that with people. Like, yeah. when you're having a chat, even if it's brief, like, you ask somebody like, "Hey, how you been, man?" and and they kind of like are telling you like, "Oh, like my wife's going through this or whatever," and they're kind of like opening up their heart a tiny bit. Like, I don't know. You can just tell when people are instantly present, mm-hmm. and and it it just means a lot. It goes so far, right? It, it, you know, and like to kind of talk on that instantly present thing. Like, whenever I call my mom, she's ready for anything. Mm. Like she, but she also lets me know her surroundings because she's so often with people. Yeah, she's yeah. like, "Hey, I'm with so and so. What's up?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you're on speaker. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm like, okay, great, we're gonna talk. Later. <laughs> um, but funny. she she knows and she's ready for it. And I think if we if we approach our relationships that way, mm-hmm. if we approach it to the point where it's like, hey, like so selfless, which is something that I admire about my mom, mm-hmm. is she can she can literally be having the worst day. Ever. Yeah. Or her head can be pounding from I don't know, she has like a like a vein in her head, I think, that was like maybe too big and it just like she feels her heart pulse mm, in her brain. A, she got a bad vein. Yeah, it's a bad vein or something. Okay. But she could literally be having the worst day. She could have COVID, she could have, you know, any type of disease, or she could have her mom just pass away. Yeah. And she will just take the time. Yeah. And she'll just put it all aside. And just so much of what I imagine, like the Savior, yeah, would do for us is just, hey, nothing else matters. It's me and you. We're yeah. here for an hour. Let's talk. Yeah, it's cool. We had um, 
you might have come in a little bit late, but in Sunday school today, we were talking about saviors on Mount Zion, mm-hmm. right? I was definitely not there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows what you were doing, but... No, tithing settlement. Tithing settlement. But um, we are talking about saviors on Mount Zion, and I think it's cool when people can become, like, an archetype of Christ, mm. right? They, they're so Christ-like, it feels like you're feeling the Savior's love from them. They're a conduit for that love. It's yeah. just, it's really cool. And it's it's something, um, something to strive for. Oh, definitely. I gave a talk on this uh, probably like four years ago in church one time. Mm-hmm. And I uh, talked about like, what is deity? Mm-hmm. And somewhere in the conversation, I, you know, related it to my friends. And I had such a good friend group. You know, it was like my freshman or sophomore year, and I talked about everyone's individual Christ-like attribute that I felt like they really emulated. Yeah, and and it was it was like this person could you know have such great care and listening skills, like something that I feel like the Savior would have, but then be completely the worst at like you know another thing. Yeah, but it was just it's cool to be able to look at people and to you know pick people out like. For instance, uh, you know Spencer. Mm-hmm. He he is he's one of the greatest conversationalists that I've ever talked to. Yeah, he's so good at getting his point across and, and such a deep thinker. And that's like for me a Christ-like attribute. That yeah, I could see like, man, what a great person to have a conversation with. Yeah, so kind, so understanding, and like, you know, you I could do this with all my friends. Right, and pick out at least one thing. Yeah, multiple things on other people, but. Right. But yeah, that doesn't change how like incredibly flawed we are. <laughs> so flawed, you know. But I think it's yeah. cool. Like, yeah, you, you all these people you're close to when you know people really well. Mm-hmm. As much as you have all these things you love about them, like you know their flaws, mm-hmm. you know, like really intimately, and it's so cool to know them but still love them so much. Oh, you know, it's incredible. <laughs> it's. It's funny, we, um, me and my, my friend group, one of my friend groups, um, we always on our birthdays do a honey roast, <laughs> which is basically the opposite of a roast, right? You just are saying sweet things about each other, I love that. right? But it's become, it's become this tradition where whatever we do, you know, we go to dinner or whatever, but mm-hmm. um, often like after dinner, maybe a little bit more of an intimate group goes back to someone's house and we're just chilling and talking and then we have the honey roast there, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we'll have it in like a loud restaurant and it's it's funny. We're like pouring out our hearts to (laughs) other dudes and the waiter's like, can we get you anything else? You know, like like, I'm not crying. His heart's open over (laughs) here. Can you just give us a minute? (laughs) But um, it's honestly one of my favorite things in the world. Hmm. Like every once, just every once in a while with a close friend, you, you know, you go around and there's maybe 10 of you and you're all just saying these uniquely amazing things about that person. It's just so cool. And like, it's I, so awesome. the, you know, of course it, they do it for me it, on all my birthdays and I come away just feeling like such a better person. 10 out of 10, you're on top of the world. Right. <laughs> and it's like, it's not like an ego stroke because they're going deep. They're not saying like superficial like man you're so like good looking and you're good at this and you're good at that it's more like about my being my soul who you are and that's what i ultimately find value in Mm -hmm. right like 
when I'm in my head and my ego is winning, like, yeah, I That's care. Yeah, I care about like my achievements and how good I am at this and how good I am at that and how successful I am with girls and how, how good looking I am. Like mm-hmm. the things that really don't matter. But these honey roasts, they just we we tend to focus on the core and like, man, so and so is so amazing at this and this and this and we they, we try to make them unique. And also, since we do it every year, we try to like come up with new stuff. Right. So it's it's cool because you end up like, you know, somebody else is going, and you're kind of thinking about your what you're gonna say, and someone says something, you're like, oh, I was gonna say that. I guess I got. I guess I got to dig deeper <laughs> now. Dig deeper, a little another level. <laughs> <laughs> right. But yeah. I don't know. It's been a cool little tradition of ours. It's interesting you mentioned that because something my parents instigated growing mm-hmm. up. Um, we'd have a family scripture study every night. Yeah. And uh, family prayer and scripture study. And it used to be kind of a battle to who was going to say the prayer. Mm-hmm. And then it got to no one wanted to say the prayer. <laughs> and so we instigated, I think, from another family. And uh, we'd always go in order from you know youngest to oldest. And when it was your turn, everyone in the family would go around and say one thing that they love about you. Mm. And then... Uh, after they do that, then it was your turn to say the prayer. Oh, that's funny. It's just, so, it's, it's just, it's, but like, you know, I relate to you in that experience of like, it's just so heartwarming. Yeah. You know, my siblings that I fight with every day. Yeah. Just being so young. Right. Like, have them say like, well, I love Garrett because he's energetic. Yeah. Even though they might say it begrudgingly, I'm like, yeah. well, they thought about that. Yeah. You know, they actually do love that thing well, about me. And then when you're doing these things on whatever, regu- whatever basis, like, for you, it was probably like every day. Yeah, every but day. Um, you know these honey roasts are once a year or whatever. <laughs> but it's like when you do them with any sort of regularity, you start to think about it, and you start to think like, "Oh, I want to have like a really good honey roast." Right. And so you're like digging into that person's soul because you're like, "I want to, I want to see all the good in them," and that's yeah. such a good thing. I I think I I love I just love that that was kind of in your family culture because yeah. it makes you think like in, in your day-to-day like what do i love about my siblings mm. even though they're rats <laughs> i know <laughs> i want to strangle them <laughs> and i hate them yeah, so much teenagers <laughs> yeah but um yeah that's cool when it was my turn i always got to uh <laughs> i always i always said to the family i'd stood up and i'd put my arms out like this and so Praise me with great praise. <laughs> that's, that's good. <laughs> it's my way of, you know, starting your turn. starting your cult. Yes, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> um, mm. Okay. I like to end my podcast like this, and if you listen to my podcast, you would know this, but I'm not sure that you have. But that's okay. You have so much time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so young. You're so I'm you're incredibly so young. young. Um, <laughs> Okay, the I want to kind of reverse roles, and I want you to pretend it was your podcast, and you have one question to ask me. Mm-hmm. What would it be? And obviously, we live together; we talk about everything all the time. We talk about a lot of things. <laughs> but yeah, what would, what would you ask me? Something you don't know about me, or or some insight you're curious about? Let's see, this is where the sponsors would come out. And- have a little message so I could have some time to think about it. <laughs> right, right. I'm so unprepared. Let's see. If I could ask you one thing, the 
I want to know deeper anything about. You know, it could be about my just my process of how how I do this or why I do this or whatever. Okay. In your time. Mm -hmm. Which is a short time. Because <laughs> I'm so young. He's so young. Okay. Um, what, is, what is one thing in particular that you wish you would have done differently? Whether that's a process of evaluation, whether that's a choice to go somewhere, whether that's, you know, it could be a state of mind or being or decision that you made. What's one thing that you wish you would have done differently? Hmm. I know it's pretty vague. Yeah. Um, let's see. I don't really, I don't really think in terms of like regret. Right. Right. But of course, if I had to do things over, I would do them differently. Right. In a lot of, right. a lot of categories. Um, I think, and this is tough because. Um, oh, can I change my question? Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you got something better? I do. Okay, screw um, that. What is what is one thing that you wish you could have everyone in the world understand? Mm. Oh, wow, that is better. Okay. <laughs> it just came to me while you were talking, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, that question was garbage. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I wish everyone could understand... Um, and you can do you can set aside caveats if you want. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's this famous um, speech by one of my favorite writers, David Foster Wallace, and it's a commencement speech at a university, and it's titled um, "This Is Water." And he starts off by, it's like this little like limerick where like these two fish are swimming and they're like, um, the older fish is like, how's the water fellas? And they're just like, look at each other kind of perplexed and then they swim on and the, the two younger fish look at each other and one goes, what the hell is water? <laughs> right. And, and then, so he starts his, his speech off with this little anecdote and then he goes on to say like, so much of what happens around us we're just not aware of and we don't think about because we're so used to our little world right mm. and and he says he goes on to say like um, everyone's default setting is that they are the absolute center of the universe right mm. and because everything you do you do it through your own lens so even if I'm like listening to you and your plight, and I'm, I'm really trying to focus on what you're going through, I'm doing it through my experience and what I know and what I see, right? But what I would love is if people could kind of get outside of their own head a little bit and realize how, like, everyone is going through stuff that you will never understand, mm. even the people you're close with, mm. right? Um, because it, it's just so hard to look like kind of, you know how sometimes in a dream you're almost like 
above yourself seeing what's happening. Mm-hmm. You're almost like vaguely there, yeah. but you just kind of see yourself doing something. Right. I wish I wish people could kind of get to this state where they can kind of see themselves in that way and realize that they're often wrong. Mm. They're often not considering other people. They're often like so wrapped up in their own little universe that they can't possibly understand what somebody else is going through because they're so fixated on themselves Mm. and we all struggle with it right yeah because like he said i love how he said that's our default setting like Mm. some people are better at it than others Mm -hmm. but our default setting is to just be like well this is how i feel this is what i'm going through and this is what Mm. you know but i think the people people that i love the most and the people that i find to be so enlightened and evolved are the people that seem to like not be so stuck in their own little universe Mm -hmm. they seem to be like wow well like yeah maybe i'm wrong what do you think what do you feel and listen it's much easier said than done (laughs) right um but yeah i i just wish people could could get there Mm. and and i feel like it's not an unreasonable thing you know, like we could all get there or, or we could all improve. Like, um, there's so much to improve on there. Yeah. There's, there's so much to improve on, but, um, I, I think if everybody could increase their empathy a little bit, hmm. the world would be so much better. It's, it's interesting. Cause it's like a, a similar, a similar phrase is you know, we've heard, we've all heard it, you know, put yourself in their shoes. Yeah. Right, and and then you know, there's another caveat with that. Well, first you have to take off your own. Mm, yeah, yeah. Right, and so you know, in order to see. Gosh, will you say that again? <laughs> um, you know, not a Garrett Carver quote. I heard it somewhere. <laughs> yeah. um, but to, in order to see, or if you're going to put on someone else's shoes, you have to yeah. take your own off first. Yeah. And so, to be able to to do that, it, it just you know, it's hard to take off your own shoes. It can be because yeah. they can be cemented on there. Yeah. You know, you could have allowed yourself to double, triple, you know, quadruple not yeah. <laughs> these shoes. And you may be thinking you don't even have shoes on. Right, right. And you might be thinking like, you know what? Oh, I took my shoes off years ago. Yeah. But really, you've had them on this whole time. Yeah. And so it's important for us to do exactly what you're saying is, is to be able to remove ourselves and, and to recognize just just that recognition recognition does so much for someone when they're going through something. Yeah being able to say to them hey man like i i recognize i have no idea what you're going through man yeah i'm here for you i care about you how can i help yeah 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 that's cool mm-hmm. gosh darn it well everyone take off your damn shoes take them off <laughs> take them off <laughs> take off your shoes wow that's cool um oh. sweet man do you have anything to add Any? no I, uh, i've enjoyed this a lot i hope <laughs> i come back one day awesome i hope you do too so much to talk about yeah we'll we'll see if um We'll see if you're allowed to. Right. We'll see if this gets enough views. If it does, we'll have you right back <laughs> <laughs> next week. Yeah, we need your mom on here. Honestly, she would do anything. it. Yeah. She would do it. She's gonna come back to ski. Oh yeah, dude. We should totally do it when she's in town. I will. I'll 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 do like Zoom podcasts, but I don't like them as much. No, I I will talk to her about it. I'm, yeah. I have no doubt she'll say yes. That'd be awesome. Okay. Well, I love you, brother. Love you too. Okay, man. All right. Well, if you like this episode, um, share it. I don't know. 
send it to someone you don't hate send it to someone you do hate and tell, them, them. And tell them to take off their shoes take off their shoes, dang it <laughs> we're keeping them on alright, we'll see you next time